Welcome to episode 38 of Save Trash Cinema, the podcast, where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your guide through trash cinema, everyone's favorite dumpster boy, Cayman Darty. And on today's episode, we're stitching together chainsaw murders, mommy issues, copious amounts of nudity, the entire city of Boston, and the epitome of trash cinema into one of the most off-the-wall slashers when we cover the 1982 blood-soaked cult classic, pieces but before we get into that let me introduce you to the two bozos joining me on today's episode he was once busted trying to break into tom brady's house but only so he could feel up his balls i mean fill up his balls uh deflate gate this joke would have landed so hard like a decade ago but maybe not today it's boston fucking mike one two three four five fifth i played the fifth I don't talk about the flake gate no more. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Before we decided on the film to cover, uh, this person set two ground rules for me. One, there had to be blood. And two, there had to be more boobs in the Panama City Beach wet t-shirt contest. And it looks like we succeeded, folks. Liz, the mouth of the South, McLean. That's right. You say mommy issues and I fucking appear out of the shadows. Boom. <laughs> you normally... How come you talk to me like that, and then you like roll out the red carpet, Bruce Buffer style for for Liz? Um, it's so hard being God's favorite, Mike. Come on. <laughs> Wait, I am mean, I God in this equation? No. <laughs> okay. Fair. I'm just saying, in life, yeah. I stay winning. <laughs> fair, fair. That's true. That's true. You know, I want to say though, this is actually the first time that we've had this combo of guests. Both of you true. have shown up in different regards through multiple different types of episodes. This is the first time I've had both of you on like a mainline episode of STC together. Shit's going to get so weird. I am beyond excited. Yeah, this is going to be fucking raunchy. So if you have kids, number one, I'm really sorry. Um, But number two, get them fucking out of here, man. They don't want to listen to this shit. You know, before we jump into housekeeping, let me just go ahead and say this right now. The kid gloves are off today. I'm letting the two of these assholes just loose. I didn't, just know, the there was a pair. I didn't know there was a pair of kid gloves on this show. We've, we've, we've had them before. Unfortunately. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know Cayman had kid gloves. That's kind of weird. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Let's do some housekeeping. <laughs> We'd love it if you rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget you can be on the show by submitting movie recommendations or by being a guest host by email us at savetrycinema at gmail.com or you can DM us on Twitter at savetrycinema or on Instagram at savetrycinema as well. Make sure to check out last week's episode when we found out what happens when Noids fuck doodles when we covered the Brad Fit Doozer Cool World. We will be continuing to release minisodes, cross-services, interviews, and even game shows, so... Keep your SPL for some exciting content coming down the pipeline. All right. The overview or the housekeeping is done. Why don't we jump into the overview of the film?
pieces. It's a 1982 Spanish-American slasher film. It was written and produced by Dick Randall and directed by Juan Piquer Simone, who for most of his career would just go by the handle of J.P. Simone. Dick Randall, and now this one's for you, Liz, is known as the writer behind the erotic adventures of Robinson Crusoe. Yes, absolutely Uh, golf slapping for A, a great name, B for boobs. It's a callback as well to when we covered, Liz and I covered, B, uh, Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. Um, oh. The director of that film directed The Erotic Adventures of Robinson Crusoe, uh, Ken Dixon. Uh, Look at that. Juan, Pe- Juan Peeker and Dick Randall, ultimate duo in bad names. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. the shit stick on that one. The Dick Randall, he was that wasn't the only films he did. Uh, he also wrote the film The French Sex Murders, and then he wrote a movie that I'm almost a hundred percent sure is illegal or should not exist, or both is illegal and also should not exist. And that movie is called Love Under Seventeen. Roll oh. Tide. No. No, I no roll tide to that. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Oh boy. Oh, this is a, oh. yeah. The so, spine is tight. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this movie has a title like this. So I looked it the up and I was that. like, I can't believe this movie is about what this movie's about. How the fuck is this dude not in prison? When was it made? I think it was like the 70s. Yeah, that's why. That's still. I'm still, still, Bear Bryant yeah. was in his heyday at that point, brother. Yeah, time, yeah. <laughs> brother, and you got fucking Dick Randall. Just the name alone, just fucking guys. kids. Oh the my fucking God. name alone. Now Juan Piquer Simone, old J.P. Simone, is best known as the director behind such films as Supersonic Man, The Rift, and my personal favorite trash classic, Slugs. About slugs oh yeah i was gonna ask what's up well goddamn i'd hope so (laughs) (laughs) the story goes as such the co-eds of a boston college campus are targeted by a mysterious killer who's creating a human jigsaw puzzle from their body parts the police enlist the help of the ladies man on campus to help them catch the killer but will it be enough to stop the maniac before he completes his demented puzzle the answer is no (laughs) why would you enlist the ladies man of a college campus to help you with anything we got fucking van wilder over here god damn infuriating (laughs) these are just so pissed last night dude fucking let this guy roll the film stars uh iconic actor christopher (laughs) george from the films day of the Animals," city of the living dead and enter the ninja wasn't he also uh el dorado which is huge Western movie back in the day. He, like one of my he was, favorites. and he was also in the Love Boat, on like every episode of the Love Boat. Which I don't know about a Love Boat, but I know a little something about a Love Shack. That's what I was thinking too. I hate both of you. <laughs> it also stars Linda Day George from the film Ants, Cruise into Terror, and Mortuary. Funnily and lastly, enough, Ants is also about slugs. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's also about slugs. And then the lastly, it stars uh, the character of Kendall in the film, uh, who we'll be talking quite a bit about. Played by... 
<laughs> it's played by Ian Sarah uh, from Extraterrestrial Visitors, Mystery on Monster Island, and Los Diablos del Mar. That's it. The, the second movie sounds like a Scooby-Doo movie. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. It's a TV movie. I know that. It was also directed, I want to say, by uh, Juan Piquer Simon. Mm. You know that dog, but let's be honest. That guy's that guy. You know what, dude? He was probably just slurping down some. Candle? Yeah, no, no. The director oh. of this movie. Oh, yeah, both. Now, with yeah. a name like that, you know, he fucking rolls into Boston. He's got all these fucking babies. Wicked piss off, go fucking Red Sox, fucking Dunkin' Donuts, bro. And then you get this <laughs> handsome Spaniard who walks in. He's like, my name is Juan, but God, Simon. And they're just flooded the streets streets are flooded guys. basements are flooded all throughout fucking south boston yep. dog yeah well well i'll tell you um i have quarrels with the fact that they say this is even in boston because i challenge that question <laughs> I, I don't think this, <laughs> i don't think this movie takes place it. in boston at all but they we'll never talked about it at all <laughs> i guess we don't know there are currently two <laughs> available versions of this film the first is a U.S. cut with the English dubbing that runs for an hour and 24 minutes, or it might pop up as an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, the, the variations on those are kind of finicky. I, I think it's because one includes credits, one doesn't. doesn't matter. The second and correct version to watch is the original Spanish version that runs for an hour and 28 minutes long. Both the versions are available for streaming through Tubi, or you can get a physical copy through Grindhouse Releasing, that includes both films for roughly $27 right now on Amazon. It is on sale at the time of this recording. Normally, it's like 40 bucks. So toss up on whether you want to jump on the ship right now or want to do the other. It doesn't matter to me. Now, if you were to look at Rotten Tomatoes, the film currently has a score of 43%, which really? is probably accurate if you're a fucking loser with no taste in great trash cinema films. It is and a 43 Yeah, And even to just bolster Pieces case in one beaker... Um, IMDb is a, is a six out of ten, which is <laughs> here's like, the thing. You guys are you guys might not understand this, but people like Eli Roth, famous director Eli Roth, director of Hostile, Cabin Fever, uh, Green Inferno. This is his favorite slasher film, and he modeled a lot of what he's done off of this movie because he like just it's so great. I understand why, like watching it, I remember like certain certain shots like there's I'll, I'll save some of that but there are certain shots and certain things that i was like oh wow like that's i wasn't expecting that for this type of movie and have seen those type of like angles or cool shots in other movies and i was like oh that's interesting i wonder if people have seen this and that's where they took it but that's few and far between Fine. With the overview out of the way, why don't we take some time to discuss some initial thoughts? Since Mike apparently already wants to start the shit talking early, why don't we just throw the mic to him? Come on, Mr. Boston Brady Pants. Just fucking do whatever you're going to do and make me <laughs> sad, I guess. I don't know. No, no, no. I think this is going to be one of those. Uh, if I'm putting on my Patrick hat, me going into the movie, uh, one you said it was from Boston. I was like, cool. I'm going to see some things of Boston that I've could recognize. It's a Boston college, not Boston college. So it's not BC. There's no Jesuits 
as far as I know, for a Jesuits uh, college campus. Do you think any um, Jesuits listen to this show? I don't know. It's just the Jesuit school. That's just like, it's the only time I've ever heard that religion. And it's because of, is BC. that why Matt Ryan sucked so hard when he played for the Falcons? He, he was Boston suck, college. He was Boston nope. college. Yeah. He's the best thing you guys have ever had. Anyways. Um, yeah. So my initial thoughts were cool. I'm going to see some of my hometown pieces. There's a chainsaw on the cover art. It looks badass. Um, I, there was a chainsaw in the movie for sure. That's pretty Thanks. much the only thing that that was confirmed on my thoughts is that That's... there was a chainsaw. Okay, that was a great introduction, Mike. Everything why don't I we pass say, it over to someone who's a? Why don't we pass it over to someone who's actually a fucking professional who can do this job? That's not Mike. Liz McLean, go ahead, steal the show. Okay, uh, that's what I'm here for. Um, so, never heard of this movie. When we were talking about what we were going to do, I was sent a list of, and it was just quick overviews. Nudity, lots of blood, here's what's going on. Not so much nudity, way more blood, here's what's going on. I was like, I don't really fucking care. I literally can't make decisions if you held a gun to my head and said McDonald's or fucking Taco Bell. I'd be like, uh, I can't do it. Both so, will give me diarrhea, so. True. That's what keeps me skinny. Um... So I had never heard of it. And I was just like, and I always, I, I don't know if I've ever like openly admitted this on the show, but anytime I watch, anytime I come on the show and I watch a movie, I have a two drink minimum. Mm-hmm. Can, I will not be sober watching these so. movies. Cannot and will not. So last night I had uh, two Miller lots, not these two, but there is just so happens to be two left over on my desk. <laughs> um, and, yeah, never heard of it, and I was so unsure because apparently there's a lot of titles on Tubi that are named pieces um, that I had to send a text and make sure that I was watching the correct movie because how fucking embarrassing would it have been, and but also fucking hilarious. It would have been amazing. If I come in here and just watch something completely fucking different. You're like, I'm- yeah, so this, this like one guy is like running through the hallway, and I'm like, well, in my movie, they're like, frolicking through a forest and there's bunny rabbits falling behind <laughs> honestly i kind of want to now do this where we both watch different movies and try Dude, to we explain should, like <laughs> oh my that god almost, that almost happened can here. i be there and we do it to bennett because he's like a million years old and he'll never fucking catch on until like halfway through the show yes. and he's like wait i don't remember yes. seeing that oh man now we're gonna find out if he ever listens to the episodes too hey bingo up, good friend or no so yeah i had Cero. That's how I come in. Head empty, two drinks in. Fantastic. Well, that's fine. That's fine with me. I think that's one of the best ways to do it. Uh, I've seen, so for me, I've seen Pieces multiple times. Uh, Pieces is is one of my favorites. Uh, It is just a batshit crazy movie. There's just no way around it. It is absolutely insane from start to finish. I love it dearly. I think it's incredibly fun. And so I was really excited because I knew Patrick, who's normally on these episodes, I knew he was not going to like this movie. One, way too much nudity. Two, way too much blood. And I was like, hey, look, this is the perfect time for me to pick some other people that are going to do it. So in honor of Patrick, since he skipped out on a Serbian film, um, Mm. he gets to skip out on pieces. And that's fine with me. But you know how, but just like how Patrick usually comes into these um, 
these podcasts where he's like, you know, I didn't like the movie. And then by the end of the conversation, he's like, you know what? This has been a really fun talk. I now like it. That I it's that's what's happening for for me, at least during this. And I'm not saying which way I'm leaning towards this movie. I'm just saying it is batshit crazy in many levels, different levels of crazy. Agree. Agree. And with that being said, I think that's a perfect segue to get the show on the road. Pieces, everyone. And now, our feature presentation. Boston, 1942. A little kid puts together a puzzle in his room. His mom comes in and sees that it's a nudie puzzle. And then she proceeds to beat his ass. She talks about his dad and how he's some piece of shit. And I must say, she is a right cunt. So, the kid chops her ass up with an axe. Yeah, his mom fucking suck ass. As soon as she walked in, I was like, what the fuck is your problem? Because, like, this guy's, this kid's, like, 9 to 12. Like, he's kind of in that gray area where you're like, are you under 10 or are you just over 10? Like, are we single or double digits, dude? And um, he, like, is, like, putting together this, like, nudie puzzle, which fucking props to him, dude. I'd do the same shit at 26, dog. But anyways, there's a um a part where his mom said, hurry up, stupid, and it made me laugh out loud because I was like, God, I, me and Trevor said that back and forth to each other on that daily. So good. <laughs> yeah it's nothing toxic yeah, was, about that in a relationship no that's she was very mean um i've never seen a a nudie puzzle before in my Me life either. I, I i can't believe do you think that they made that for the movie or do you think that they just like went into walmart and they just went in the puzzle section and got so it? from the from what i could find out apparently the lady on the nudie puzzle okay the nudie puzzle <laughs> she was apparently some famous spanish model and that was a real puzzle. So I'm assuming, oh, like, cool. yeah, like, for me, I'm sitting over here like, where are all of our nude puzzles? I don't see any of yeah. those. But well, I kind of I mean, now want to go collect them all. You Dude. have to think, at the time, it was the 40s. So, like, you don't just have, like, pornos at the touch of a finger like we do now. Mm. But or can you imagine like being a magazine. Or even the pen that yeah. when you flip it upside down, the girl in the bikini now has boobies. Yeah, or like the t-shirts where you get in the shirt and the girl on the bike loses her bikini from the sun exposure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are good. Um, Could you imagine being so America horny for a long time that you sit down and put a puzzle together and then for three hours and then get, <laughs> get, get your rocks off? Yeah, you finally get together like, oh, finally. <laughs> finally, now I can come. It's fine. Just long-term right. honey oh, over like a weekend. two and a half hours. Guys, what if I dropped in some little bit of craziness to help amplify this scene? Because this scene is incredibly gory. There's blood everywhere. There's organs and severed limbs. Yeah, but and all are we sure it's blood? Because it sure looks like lead-based paint to me. <laughs> um... That's a great question, Liz. <laughs> Most of the guts and gore were actually internal organs of dead animals with real blood taken from the slaughterhouse to use in the scenes. They're psychotic. Yes. They're psychotic. This movie. Dude, tell me you do that shit today and you have so many lawsuits. This is why the 80s fucked, man. No one gave a man. shit. You're yeah, fucking probably... inhaling lead fumes from your gasoline. 
and you're just fucking taking buckets of blood from the old slaughterhouse to throw on people. They probably went to just some butcher in Southie, and they were like, hey, can I get some of that, that drip bucket? And the guy was like, you want some of my fucking drip bucket? He's like, go ahead. I'll give you a nickel a bucket. And they're like, all right, deal. And then they just were walking down Southie, down Com Ave, which is buckets of blood. Some guy spilt a little bit, pissed off. PK was all mad. And then they just walk in the scene, and then the actors were like, oh, my God, are you guys fucking serious? <laughs> we thought like, that was oh a joke. my God. Well, yeah. we cut to the title screen. Pieces. So I do, I, I have a bone to pick here. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the fucking formula for a horror movie. Your opening scene, if there's text on there, got to have a little bit of some kind of music or something. Sure. Or just a little pizzazz in the text. Or, I don't know, a fade into the movie. We got absolutely zero of that. This shit just hard cuts, boom. And it's just some grainy ass fucking house with like normal fucking like text. And it's just like Boston 1942. And it's just like birds chirping in the back. I'm like, huh? Okay. So it, it is important to point out that both films, the Spanish and the English version, have different audio. Obviously, okay, the English yeah. version is dubbed. The Spanish version is not. It's and they, very obvious as wait, well. Which, which doesn't make sense because they Here's speak the thing. in English. They speak in English in the Spanish. So the Spanish version is also dubbed over with Spanish language. And the English version is redubbed over with English. Okay, but right. here's where things get funnier. They both have different musical tracks. Oh. Because the Spanish version starts off with this jingle. And it plays throughout the whole mood. It's like, and it does. And Sid, the first thing Sid does, she looks at me and she goes, "I don't think this is the right music for a movie like this." And I'm like, "This is what makes this movie so great is that you do have this like fucking like this fucking like Charlie Chaplin silent movie, like just like my god, that's so good, just fucking just hilarious shit." And then you just got this fucking kid chopping up a lady with real blood and organs being thrown about. Damn. Hell yeah, brother. Now we cut back to the kid. He's sawing up his mom this time with a handsaw. So we get our first saw of the film. Maybe not a chainsaw, but it is a saw. So good on him. He opts not to answer the phone and it goes back to his puzzle. So at this point, the police bust in and find the chopped up mom and are now looking for little Timmy. They open the closet only to find the mom's severed head. Here's they what look- kills me about this scene. Mm-hmm. Let me interrupt you really quick. Please. They walk in. This entire shit takes place in one singular room. We know the trash cinema is one room only. Okay. We know that. Um, they literally, so it's like they walk in and then there's two doors that are closed <laughs> in the, like, on set. And they're standing literally like it's a late, like I'm assuming a neighbor or a friend and two cops. One of the cops is literally pushed up against the door. This room is so narrow and it's such a small room. And the lady's like, oh no, I guess we better check rooms and figure out what happened. And the guy's just like, turns around and pulls the fucking door open. Body comes flying out. And then they're like, oh no. And then they find the kid who's covered in blood. And then they're like, what happened? And this kid is fucking acting. He's like, oh, no, my mom. Like, he didn't just fucking do this shit. And they didn't even question him. They're like, oh. You're right. 
You're right. One, this room apparently has two closets, which I have never heard of a house having two closets before yeah. very, in one single very room. Very Boston. Yeah. Very old, like Philly style houses where there's just wooden stores friggin' everywhere. It's a pain. Okay. Interesting. I kind of dig the idea. So, either way, they look in the second closet and they find Timmy. Timmy, covered in blood, he's hysterical and says, A big man killed my mommy. And then we cut to 40 years later. A black grove stranger opens up a cabinet, pulls out a small box. Inside are a pair of bloody shoes and a blood-soaked dress that Timmy's mom was wearing the day she died. He tenderly caresses both and then pulls out a bloody photo of his mother. We cut to a chick riding a skateboard. Hijinks ensue when she approaches some dudes with a giant mirror and she crashes into it. Oh my god, it was the slowest crash I've ever seen and she didn't even try to fucking stop. I was fucking so pissed. I was like, so here's the thing, she, guys. I thought she was going to be the the main actress. No, just just wait, nope. just wait. We cut to a park with a girl, and she is uh, studying for class or something on the line. She does mention because a gardener with a chainsaw is behind her. She looks up to him and she says, "Please, can you turn the fucking shit off? I'm trying to study." He says, "It'll only be a minute. Don't worry." And he was not lying because he immediately chainsaws her head completely off. Yeah, that's a good kill. Yeah, that's a great kill. Now, here's the thing. This is what's really important. The skateboarding girl who crashes into a mirror and Virginia Palmer, who is the first murder victim, the one that gets the chainsaw to the head. She's the co-ed who's decapitated, right? They are, in fact, the same person. In an interview with actress Roxanne Yoda, she explains that her character skates through the mirror but survives with apparently no visible injuries. The scene is witnessed by the dean who gets the idea to create a perfect woman using pieces from the other women. He then stalks and kills the skateboarder Palmer, making her his first victim at the college. This scenario is not explained in the film, but it is like if you do remember in the early part, the mom has the scene where they show it like six times of her shattering the window. Sorry, we also are the mirror. We also just kind of spoiled the big reveal at the end. Anyway, shatters the mirror. um, And then when the shatter happens, when the girl hits the mirror again later, the this girl who gets her head chopped off. It, yeah. It's like immediately it's sandwiched in between him putting the puzzle piece, the killer putting the puzzle together. Now, I didn't know this until I saw the trivia later, so it was completely lost on me. I just thought this was a really funny like, moment. I feel like this movie would have been so goddamn infuriating to me if that was clear. It like If they would have just taken the fucking two and a half minutes to slap it in the film... I wouldn't have been so goddamn pissed at the end because that yep. makes sense where this, the rest of this fuck ass movie does it. Continue. Yeah. We needed a good, we needed a good classic trash expose dump. Yeah. There's a, there's a trash exposition dump in the last like two minutes of the movie. I think. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't think there is, honestly. No. Now, the police the police go to the college campus to interrogate the dean of the college about the murder. A chick then asks her teacher, Professor Brown, if she, he would compliment her tits. I don't know. Um, Real fast. Right before it, like, cuts to, like, this, like, group of, like, co-eds or whatever. Yes. Say the line, and, Liz. Yes. And old Tits McGee 
is talking there and they're somehow talking about a fucking waterbed because it's the goddamn 80s and she's like yeah what else is there to do but smoke weed and fuck on a waterbed and i was like a plus a fucking plus sister that sounds like a saturday night to me dog my uh she she says it so like foreignery like almost i feel like she almost has like a russian accent she's like well so that's how almost i picture but she's like there's nothing better than to smoke pot and fuck on a waterbed nobody asked yeah. she just brought it up well you know what here's the thing guys she's speaking her truth come on it's accurate man you know the, the yeah, thing he's... with the waterbed the waterbed is the lazy man's fuck machine okay because what you do is, is it, have y'all ever you're, you're, slept hmm? or done anything on no a no no no. you can't sleep or do anything on a waterbed you just can okay. only have it's exclusively used for sex because what you do so. it doesn't matter really what position you're in once you hit that first thrust the motion of the bed just carries you the rest of the way. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm going to disagree. I can understand the physics. Thank you, Mike. Finally, someone understands the logic behind a waterbed. Uh-huh. I've mortgaged my waterbed. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Well, I afterpaid mine. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> well, mine was on Kmart's layaway for months. Dude, is Kmart still around? Anybody out there? No. Can someone email us in at savetrystinum at gmail.com. Tell me if you have a Kmart still in your town. No, they're nope. No, they're all gone? Damn, that sucks. Well, The closest thing I have to a Kmart is where the Kmart used to be, and now it's like a Roses, but like the garden section of the Kmart is still there, and it still says Kmart on it, but it's definitely not a fucking Kmart anymore. I love it. Honestly, now this professor, Professor Brown, he, he's told to go up to the dean's office. So he chats up with the dean's secretary about the murder. He seems unfazed, dude. He seems completely unfazed by the entire ordeal. So the yeah, professor goes into the dean's office and they tell him that the girl murdered was one of his students. To which he replies, "Yes, she was very attractive." All right, you fucking creepo. Here's yeah. the thing. Also, all of the students and everyone in this film all want to fuck this dude. They yeah, all and I want to fuck why. this dude. Um, because as soon as he like stepped on the screen, like I guess like my like I don't know like my womanhood like sixth sense, my fucking alarm bells were going off. I was like, it's the mustache. I don't, I don't like. Nope, Trevor has a mustache. No, but his his type of mustache. Oh yeah. Okay, so your woman senses were telling you no. Yeah, I was like, okay, because all of the actresses gosh. in this movie, their woman senses were telling them yes. Yeah, my yes. mine was ringing alarm bells. Theirs was ringing <laughs> like. He's got tight little ass and bell bottom. Yeah, I don't know. Bell bottom slacks apparently. Oh, so. It's at this point, he has this creepy-ass moment. The police and the dean decide, let's not tell anybody about the murder because we don't want to cause any chaos to ensue, so just don't say anything at all. Oh, also, for anybody out there who may have ever gone to a school, ever, Mm -hmm. somebody just studying... Yeah, but, you know, somebody studying (laughs) outside in the middle of the day and presumably summer-ish type of weather, to then get their head chopped off by a chainsaw and nobody's there around. This this theme happens a lot on this campus. No, apparently, yeah. apparently there's ten people enrolled at this. That's school. what I was thinking. Like no, nobody's there to see anything. Like towards the end of the movie, I was like, "Where the fuck is everybody at? <laughs> Where are the students? Where's the like, faculty? 
yeah, all these kills happen in like semi-populated areas. What They're the fuck is going on? With, too, with a loud mechanism. class. The loudest of killing mechanisms, yeah. if I may. Well, you know, and I don't... just like, nah, too busy fucking See, in like... It drowns out. It drowns out the sounds of the screams. If you use a chainsaw. See? Big brain energy. But I would feel like after the first like two or three... And, like, people on the campus obviously fucking know that, like, people are getting fucking murked left and right. Mm-hmm. So, and by a fucking chainsaw. So, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just cautious here. I don't think that, I don't, I think that that's fine. This is fine. Oh, okay. I think this is fine, honestly. Yeah. So, outside of the school, the dean chats it up with a creepy gardener named Willard. Um, what a joke of a fucking character. Now, this guy, he's cleaning his chainsaw, right? And so the dean tells uh, Willard, he's like, hurry the fuck up, okay? Because, like, someone was just murdered with a chainsaw. Also, you're a creepy fucking dude. You need to get gone. So the dean leaves. Then the gardener goes and spies on some college kids smooching out in the park or something. Yeah, Yeah, he's a joke of a character. Two things on this. This guy fucking pisses me off so much. He just always has a stink <laughs> face on. Like, yeah, one eye is shut. So annoying. And also, those people weren't smooching. That guy was fucking her. His whole bare butt was out, like his pants were out, and he was just banging her against a tree with the dean right next to him and a gardener. Okay, here's where here's Free where love, I, was, baby. I was like. So at this point, we've seen the dean for like five to seven minutes somewhere in there and he's had a lot of lines it was at this point where i was like why is he british <laughs> why does the dean have a british accent wait he had a british accent okay so oh, i right, probably should, should explain this is that the both of you guys did indeed watch the u the u.s cut i watched yes. the spanish cut so there are going to be some differences that might pop up along the way yes, so i didn't get accent. to experience the british accent but that's awesome because it's not british. a boss it's not a Boston accent. There's Mike, so how do you questions. feel about do you There's think so that many this... questions now for the end of the movie? Did See? anyone did anyone okay. have a Boston accent in the film, Mike? No. No, and the audio's so bad. Like it's I, I, I hate what movie it's kinda like the room. Like came and asked me how my day is right now. This is how how's your day? Is. Do it again. Mike. How how was your Good. day, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like people just yeah. cut each other off in the audio all the time. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, here's the thing, though, is that you cut me off all the time anyway. So, like, it's not like it's inaccurate. If they're in Boston, that's what I'm assuming Boston people do. They they're, they just talk with brevity. And when I mean brevity, I mean they just cut each other off mid-sentence. So, like, you know, that's just how the world works. Um, here's another thing that pissed me off throughout this entire fuck-ass movie. Um, the lieutenant um, is, like, some old white guy fuck, and he has this fucking cigar that he keeps in his goddamn mouth and it never not one fucking time in this whole movie has been lit not even at the fucking end it pissed nope. me off so bad okay so here's the thing it was such a prop my my grandpa my grandpa just time. chews my grandpa just chews cigars oh smoke it quit being a bitch yeah it's a green game dude He's got a green game. Like, like I, oh. I, ha- I was so invested in this cigar, I came up with a fucking theory halfway through the movie, and then it was wrong. Like, I was like, maybe he's saving it for when the case is fucking closed, and it's like a celebratory. No. This guy sucks, dude. Sucks Smoke for... the fucking cigar. 
Sucks for fucking you. In the library, a girl yeah. throws a guy a note for him to meet her at the college's new indoor pool for a swim. The boy agrees, then throws the note he received away, and a black glove stranger picks the note up. The girl yeah, goes missed. to the pool. He does miss. The girl goes to the pool, and she strips down into her bikini while a mysterious figure sneaks in. She then takes her tra- her top off because this is trash cinema. So true. And I don't think we've got any like true nudity yet. And we were, the puzzle. we're wanting. So we get a full topless lady. <laughs> and the mysterious killer sneaks up with one of those pool cleaning devices that has like the net at the end, you know? Yeah, when he's sneaking in, his shadow looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's actually based on the I think the cartoon The Shadow or something. It doesn't yeah, it's matter. so um, fucking stupid. Either way. <laughs> He uses the net in to grab the girl by the head and then yank her. Now, here's the thing is you could always just swim under. It doesn't look. It's beside the point. Either way, he grabs her by the head. He like half drowns her, yanks her over the side of the pool. He drags her out of the pool. And then he chainsaws her ass up. Yeah. Um, just start complaining. Point, just both um, of you. Just, I'll give you your five. Just go. How ahead. do you not see a gigantic dude Thank w- you. walking in? Yeah. I mean, he's right there. And he has a ten foot, stupid, dude. He's a ten foot pole, like. And he was like slowly putting it towards her, and she's swimming towards him at one point. Like she's like doing like laps back and forth, and he's just like, uh, like slowly fucking dragging this net towards her, and she's just like swimming towards him. Like, oh my god, it doesn't even matter because my boobies are out. Yeah, yeah. But I also, say, why um, are you guys complaining crazy. about this? I don't understand why we're complaining about this. I no, just, the boobs are I tight. Know that, I know that there's scene. little to no logic. Yeah. In trash cinema. Have you ever seen another movie? <sighs> Normal movies don't have logic either. We just make up shit because some rich white assholes on a board tell us they're good. Oh, yeah, I guess. Barbarian okay. kind of Fair enough. Now listen to this shit. Wait, I Filming... have something to say. No, you want to hear this first. Okay. Filming commenced in the winter of 1982, okay? The pool scene had the actress swimming in literally freezing cold water to the point she almost died as a result of this scene. Dude, and you know she only got paid like 250 bucks to be in this movie. Probably not even that much. Yeah. This was the 80s. Yeah. Okay, Um, now you can continue. I'm sorry. I I have a place in my notes, um, like when she passes Kendall, who we are soon to find out, the note. I was like, because uh, I thought this was Boston College, not a Boston College. I thought it was the Boston College. And uh-huh. I was like, uh, no, nah, dog, this is horny university. Every motherfucker in here is just jived and ready to goddamn go. Bricked up. Sloppy um, secondary is yeah, what I like to call it. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone is just walking around like half torqued and ready to fucking go, dog. So, and they all would have fuck one rand, two random people in this college just, just are yeah. getting laid constantly. Apparently, now some nerdy kid finds Kendall. This is the boy from the library, the one we mentioned earlier, and delivers him a note. Now we go back to the killer. He drags a body, or excuse me, a bloody sack into his freezer where he has a severed head stashed away. Okay, here's where I have a question for Mike because we watched the same version. Well, this is gonna be late to Easter. I don't care. Um, was he fucking moaning when he was carrying those goddamn bags, or am I absolutely making shit up in my brain? No, every time he's walking, it's like a. Uh... 
Yeah, so he's like, uh, when he's like sneaking up on someone, he's on, like, can we get everyone's heavy? best moans, body carrying moans. Hold on, Mike, do yours again. Oh, God. Oh, I'm carrying a body. Okay, it's my turn. My turn. Oh, body carrying. Liz, your turn. Liz, your turn. (laughs) 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 No, so like, he's like, when it shows him like sneaking up on people, on women, Mm. like he's like bad Michael Myers mask breathing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. like, only when he's carrying the body, he's like, (gasps) and I'm like, are you? Do you have a collapsed lung, or are you just f- like Ugh. fucking coming your pants? He probably like, both, and, honestly. And I was like, I looked at Trevor. I was like, is he fucking moaning? He's like, no, you're out of your goddamn mind. And I was like, no, that's happening. <laughs> I was like, sitting up in bed. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, and to to take a, a step back when um when we get introduced to Kendall, this nerdy fucking dude walks oh my into God, walks into the um walks into the library and to to just emphasize the horniness just walks up to a girl and was like hey what's up babe what you doing this afternoon she doesn't say anything he's like yeah whatever fuck you anyways you bitch hey what's going on kendall and just turns like yeah it's just like has a car <laughs> it's so great in this leave, version, the table. the line specifically is like hey are you free to tonight and the girls just looks at him and doesn't say anything he's like all you had to say was you weren't free jerk <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, got some fucking red pills over here. Jesus Christ. So the gardener, he goes back into the pool and finds Kendall, who runs off. He also finds all of the severed limbs of the girl and a bloody chainsaw. He's grabbed by the police, kicks their asses before being subdued. Then the professor, Professor Brown, shows up to the scene of the crime, and the police ask him to identify if the chainsaw could have been used to saw up the girl. Obviously, the chainsaw that is covered in blood was the weapon that was used. Here's what kills the fuck out of me. So, Professor Brown is an anatomy professor. I don't think we got into that. It was very briefly brushed over, but somehow I caught it. He's an anatomy professor. Yes. So, the cops and the fucking coroner there. And when the coroner walks in, I swear to God, I thought it was Jerry fucking Seinfeld. But it's not. (laughs) For half a second, I was like, huh? Oh, no. Huh? Huh. So, um, yeah, somehow the fucking professor's there and the lieutenant's like, oh, well, fucking the coroner's not here. But I was like, who's the guy in the fucking white suit? And he's like, can you like tell us a little bit about what's going on? I know this is your expertise. No, he's a fucking anatomy teacher. He even not says, he even says, he goes, I don't do pathology. Yeah. But yes, this chainsaw was used to kill these people. When the chainsaw yeah. is literally right next to the fucking chopped up body parts. And then he puts his fucking hand on the bloody chainsaw. And then they're like, hey, you're like fucking evidence. Uh, yeah, that was, that was like, pretty oh, funny. Sorry. No, that was pretty funny because he was like, hey, get your hand off of that. You might contaminate evidence. And he just leaves it on it and looks at him and then starts talking for like 30 more seconds. And then he's like, okay, now I'll take it off. Yeah, I was fully convinced it was the professor at this point. Like I was already sussed mm-hmm. out. And then he was just being like a fucking mad weirdo the whole time. And yeah. just like putting his shit, like he was basically coming on the body parts and just being like, my DNA's fucking everywhere. Well, speaking yeah. of DNA. Wait, wait, the- no, T, oh, T, God. T. Oh God, we got a timeout, we got a timeout. Um, 
do we do, we're not even going to talk about how the gardener just John Wicks all the police force and just yeah, doesn't does. get arrested at all. He throws he does. a cop. Yeah, he does. Okay. He gets a, the later, the there's again. like a one throw off hand comment that gets made later in the movie when they're like, hey, we had to let the gardener go because we didn't have sufficient evidence. Yeah. So it, they did um, arrest them. They did. But he beat the shit. I don't. He hey, did beat the, the shit out of them. 1982 about. Boston police did not take kindly to gardeners beating them up and throwing them to the pool. I don't think he would have no, got out. He knows all too well. Um, <laughs> he does that, Dave. <laughs> What kills me is like they're obviously like, oh, here's a murder weapon right next to the fucking body, and we have some fucking random ass Joe Blow that's weird and has contaminated this. We should probably still take this chainsaw away though, so that way they definitely can't use it again. No, nope, they just fucking leave it. Yeah, that's how it they should be leave done. You gotta leave your the evidence fucking behind. Murder weapon. Yeah, leave your evidence behind. Now it's- here's the thing. The police tell the dean that they're going to have two female undercover detectives pose as college students to try and lure the killer out. Now, Kendall and the nerdy boy get called into the dean's office where we find out that the killer lured Kendall away from the pool via a letter. I don't know. Some girls are jazzercising at this yes. point. We get a, we get a long shot of these yeah. girls jazzercising. And the killer is obviously looking on. Now, one of them leaves and heads to the locker room and the killer follows suit. She's startled by another dancer, and the two scuttle off. Now, here's the important part of this entire scene, okay? During the scene with the women in the dance class, director Juan Piquer Simone originally wanted them all to be naked. Oh. But Carmen Aguado, who wasn't an actress, rather an actual aerobics instructor they hired for the part, refused and informed him that dance classes weren't usually done in the nude, as the dancers always wore tights. Simone wasn't happy about it, but backed down, even though a few of the extras playing the dance students said they'd be willing to do it naked. Simone reportedly took down their names and used them for nude scenes later in the film. Yes. Pre-crime. Pre-crime came in. What is pre-crime about that? He backed down. He was Juan Piquet being like, no, everybody has to dance naked, like this ballet style dancing. Like, come on, dude. That that shit is never happened. Um, I do think it would have been cool. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Would have been sick. Um, It's at this point in my notes, like, the more, like, dialogue we're getting, literally my notes, I'm like, this fucking, like, um, this is, like, horror movie uh, MXC, like, on how bad the fucking words don't match it's really funny you can see in the spanish version you can see she's literally saying one two three four and but she's like uno dos tres and it's just like yeah man like this was shot in english it's so fucking i love how the version that me and mike watched is three times dubbed i know that we talked about it but i need to run it the fuck home english to spanish back to fucking english Yes, that's exactly what happened. Third time dub, a so you have to think, dub, if you will. During this time period, right? So, like, Italy, Germany, and Spain had very different, like, what they considered to be, like, or what I guess we would consider to be, like, uh, censorship laws. And so, in the UK, we had the video nasty, or they had the video nasties, which we're actually going to be doing an episode coming up soon about the video nasties with an expert who's writing a book on the subject. And um, the, in the US, we just essentially censure, censored everything or it got slapped with an X rating. So, even something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre got slapped with an X rating. Even that movie is very tame in comparison to most movies today. And so, in this 
instance, they film the movie in English, dub it in Spanish for a release in Spain, then turn around, redub it again in English, and then release a different cut version for American audiences. And that is how we ended up in this situation with ludicrous dubbing and, and again, audio it's stuff. horror movie MXC. It's beautiful, honestly. So Kendall gets sent to a psychiatrist to help build out a profile of the killer for some reason, even though he's like, I don't know who the killer is, nor have I ever met them. But they're like, that's ah, fine, whatever. But this is the, we're getting a head start on this anyway. Yeah, the cops literally ask Kendall like three questions and they're like, you're our fucking guy. We're going to bring you in. You're going to be junior fucking police force. He's like, you you're going to figure everything all out. Of these women. You're going to do all the fucking work and we're going to take the goddamn credit. But you get your ass goddamn moving right now, soldier. Absolutely. So the, the head detective then meets with the undercover detective who, come to find out, is a famous tennis champion named Mary Riggs. She's going to be the school's new tennis instructor. So first things first, the two undercover, the two undercover detectives, right? One. You're only getting one detective now because, as we find out, apparently these are voluntary assignments. So this famous tennis instructor is just like volunteering to help out with the police. And then they're like, hey, we need you to do this. And she's like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. I'm tired of volunteering behind a desk. I want to get some real action. I want to go to a college campus. And because I'm a famous tennis instructor, everyone knows who I am. So I have to be a tennis instructor. And I'm also a volunteer police department person. Secretary. It's... What? There's no, no, I don't understand. I love the fact that like that they're Listen, make the they pay, made the this movie. They, Mary was tight. They make this movie based on the idea that they are like this is what America is like. This is not what America is like, and I love it so much more because of it. Yeah, the lieutenant legitimately says, "I would bet my life on this kid." To his detective. Yes. He said, He's I trust him with greatest. my life. Has no idea who he is. He's just some horned up kid who, by the way, is at every scene of the crime. The detective, yes. at least at one point, says, well, isn't he a suspect? And he goes, no, no, no. I'd bet my life on it. Terrible, terrible police work. This kid yeah. is numero uno person you put into, into the locker and start questioning because he's everywhere where people die. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my god, it's but he has a sweet cardigan. He does have a sweet cardigan and he's got a nice curly jerry curl. Yeah, he's kind of hot. I mean he's no, I don't think that I would say he was if this was like an actual if this was an actual American movie, like he wouldn't even be 80s hot. Like he would be one of the nerds in Revenge of the Nerds, right? Like he's not gonna be I don't maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. But guess what? We, I, I, I am curious about something coming up, so I want to move on. A journalist then shows up and starts asking questions about the murders. A new player in the game, so to speak. And speaking of such, Mary Riggs then, because we're now in a completely different scene, beats the shit out of a kid in a game of tennis, and the journalist yeah. folks around watching them play. This is the worst tennis match I've ever seen. And oh, trust me, so I've seen at least three tennis matches in my life. I thought the girl that she was playing tennis against, because you just kind of like when you get like the like open court view, you can only see Mary on the other side and just like the back of like the girl she's playing against. Split second, I thought it was Brinky Stevens. And I was like, yes. And then that she turned around and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, uh, this is when I, yeah. 
I straight up LOL'd and burst out laughing when <laughs> all of a sudden, like the point happened and it was like 15 love. And then they just pumped in real crowd noises like, Argh! yeah, and there's 15 people that are there. And they have it where it's like a stadium, like of crowd. Yeah, <laughs> there is a point. I don't know if you guys match. caught this. The point during the tennis match, where the the girl she's up against, she hits the ball and it goes past Mary. Yes, and I then saw you do that. a quick cut of Mary hitting the ball, and it's yes. like no, 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 no. So Apparently, funny. I did look this up. Apparently, uh, the actress who plays Mary Riggs, Linda Day George, uh, had never played tennis before. Yeah, and so tell. they were Shocking. just like they were like tossing her balls for her to just smack the shit out of, and they were like trying to edit it together to look real. Uh, apparently, the other girl in the scene actually had played tennis before and also like shocking. kind of knew what she was doing. <laughs> um, so this you scene is great. Kinda. Now we go back to the jazzercise class with our hapless girl, and now she's just dancing her life away by herself. Alone, now, obviously, yeah. the killer is watching because why wouldn't he be? It's a fucking jazzercise class, and let's be honest, '80s jazzercise was like a different level of sexy. Okay, now this girl does the opposite of what we would expect from this movie, and that is she puts a lot of clothes on, multiple layers of clothing. Which shocked me. Yeah, it's it's because so, she has her tights and her like leotard on, mm -hmm. and then she slides pants on, and then she slides a button up shirt on, and then she slides a jacket on, and then she puts her shoes on over. I'm like, yeah. Now, now here's what I think is wild about this, and I don't know if this was in the the English cut. She is naked in a death scene. I mean, obviously, we know where this is going. She's about to die. She's naked in a death. There's like they show her hanging up. That is her in in the freezer, hung up, new, fully nude. Um, You're like, okay, so like you know, this is kind of crazy. So here's a piece that we didn't touch on really quickly. Sure. Before it cuts back to the lone jazzerciser in between the tennis and that, there's always like these cuts to old brother putting the fucking puzzle together after he gets like a piece. Oh, of yeah. Every puzzle. time he kills someone, he puts the piece. Like the when he got the head, like the puzzle only had the head completed. And when he got the torso, he put the torso on. So anyways, he's going and he's trying to put one of the arms on the puzzle. And it's like a minute and a half long clip. And he's fucking struggling with this goddamn puzzle so bad. And it's like three pieces put together. And he's like, shuffle. It's so fucking funny. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, brother, this is like your whole, this is your fucking bread and butter right here. And Putting you're fucking it up. You can't even do that you're right You're fucking man. it up. Well, this girl, we're back with the jazzercise girl. She's put all of her clothes on and she goes, runs off. And then she runs into someone she knows. Now, this person is off screen, but we know at this point because we see the back of them that it is the Black Glove Killer. They get into the elevator together. And what does he do? He pulls a chainsaw from out from behind him and then proceeds to literally just saw her arms completely off, right? So here, I have so many fucking problems with this scene. So she knows that something, like, that someone's there. And she, like her fucking alarm bells are going off. So that's why she gets dressed so fast and she's running. And this is some big ass fucking building that like, she's literally like looping his ass at one point mm -hmm. because she runs down the stairs and goes to like where the bathroom is, which is far the fuck away and then doesn't go into the bathroom and then somehow passes the bottom of the stairs again 
after he's down the stairs and thinks and like is by the bathroom and then she runs past the bottom of the stair like she's looping his ass dbd style it's the scooby-doo paradox yeah and then she gets on the elevator and then she's like oh there's somebody that's gonna get on the elevator babe if you don't push that door close button and tell him to fuck himself and he literally walks in and there's a giant chainsaw behind his back and he's literally walking with one hand behind his back and a giant fucking chainsaw and she's like oh good evening be fucking for real it's a bright yellow chainsaw what do you fucking mean yeah it's you know the color aside it's it's a chainsaw i don't know how i don't know how this chainsaw gets so uh promiscuous throughout this whole movie nobody nobody's notices it oh wait no not promiscuous no it's not a horn. I, well, I guess it's kind of horn right. chainsaw. Literally, uh, I, I just want to read you this exact wordage from my notes because this is when I started to get pissed. And this is in all caps. How the fuck did she not see that chainsaw behind his back? What in the everlasting gobstopping fuck? Yeah. Continue. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will. The guys, pro- <laughs> okay, so Kindle and the cops hear the scream and they run off to see what's happened. They are unfortunately too late and only find the armless body of the dancer in the elevator. Then the professor, Professor Brown, comes to the scene of the crime to check things out. The detective seems suspicious, but does indeed write it off. The detective tells Kendall that he needs him to be his eyes and ears on the ground. He then tells his partner to investigate every single staff member on campus. Now, a couple of things here. Um, I do want to point out that when they do pick up the body, the detective walks over and is like, how is she doing? I'm like, she's dead. And then they're like, yeah. she's breathing, but she's not going to survive. And I was like, how the fuck? You just have both of your arms chainsawed off. There's no way in hell that you're still alive. Oh, we are doing ourselves a fucking crime if we don't talk about her kill scene. So he goes and cuts her right arm off. Yeah. And then it's like blood squirting. And then it cuts back to her and her arm is very clearly in her shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. And she's I just love like, it. It's like so great, man. Like when people's when people's heads are pu- are cut off, it's very clearly that they just have like a hood and a big fat chest, and it's they're lying so down with like funny. their head bent up. I love it. It's I love insane. it so much. It like brings there's so much charm to it. For it's me. so funny. So we cut to Kendall, and he's fucking some chick at this point, and she yes, orgasms yes. very loudly. He's hey. not even touching her at this point. It cuts, and they're just laying in the bed. And she's going, oh, Kendall, ah, oh, Kendall, ah. He's like, can you shut the fuck up? He literally says that. He says, can yeah. you shut the fuck up? People are going to think you're getting killed. Shut. The-. She's like, I promise I'll be quieter if you do it again. And so he, what he does is he's like, fuck you. I'm done. And yeah, then he's he goes he looks out the window and he sees someone that was walking around. So what does he do? Uh, full blown dick. He yeah, gets out full blown dick, man. Yep, half torque dick. Yep. So Liz, this is the question I want to ask you. What are you thinking? No, don't answer, Mike. What are you thinking? Oh my god. Okay. Uh, I was thinking. I wonder what Liz is thinking. Okay, then let's ask Liz. Liz, what do you think? I didn't want to be sexist by being like, Liz, so, you tell us as the female on the show. What do you think about that dick? No, I, I'm I'm the nude lover here. Hello, you are the nude lover, friend. so yeah, it is fair that I asked yeah, that question. I'm what do you think about yeah. that dick? <laughs> so, um, it's like really like it's like dark and like the only. Anyways, you like you got to be. It's not prominent, like it's not in the light, but you fucking know it's there. Half torqued, 
80s bush 80s bush and then what kills me is he's like going to look out the window and which we're about to get into but as he it like cuts to like the outside scene of him like look like they're out like the camera's outside of the window and he's inside of the window there's a plant that's covering his dick i'm like i've already fucking seen it so yeah why did you put the orchid why did you put the plant there? We've seen his dick for like a solid torqued. 30 seconds just hanging yeah. there in the wind. Even yeah. Moonlight is kissing his dick. It's... Yeah, you know, I wasn't um I wasn't mad. I was like, you know, good for Kendall. We do see the girls also naked in bed too. So it is yeah, there dude. to please both sides of the audience. Yeah. Now the person that was outside walking around, now that is Mary Riggs, tennis star and part-time undercover detective. And she's walking yeah. our campus and is soon attacked by a Bruce Lee stand-in. She kicks him in the nuts, knocking him out, and then Kendall arrives. Apparently, this Bruce Lee stand-in is just the kung fu instructor on campus, uh, and everything is fine. So racially insensitive. I've, 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 I've thoughts here. Um, one. Do you? Yeah. One. Because I got answers. No. So <laughs> I don't understand why this Bruce Lee guy just turns the corner and just sees a woman and just I decides just... immediately to kick her ass, just starts yeah. beating the shit out of her. And then she takes out a gun and he's like, that ain't going to do shit lady. And just roundhouse kicks her to the fucking, to the fucking floor. And then yeah. he just gets kicked in the balls and gets knocked out and then gets picked up. And then it's like, Oh yeah, I'm the Kung Fu professor. And then there's like, okay, see you later. And just, it's very much Kung Fu Hustle right now. It's, oh my God. And what kills me is like, she's undercover here. And I don't know if I'm just fucking have two brain cells that I can just dust by each other to think of a fucking thought that these fucks don't goddamn have. But I feel like since women are the only fucking people that are being killed, why the fuck are you walking outside alone as a fucking woman sure you have a gun but you obviously can barely whoop a fucking kung fu professor's ass okay you want to know why the kung fu professor was there i do i yes you do i know everyone does everyone's curious about this i have answers uh because producer and writer of the film dick randall Mm -hmm. god damn it dick was simultaneously making kung fu films in rome at the time of the filming Oh. A cameo for a Bruce Lee intim- uh, imitator, sorry, intimidator, imitator, <laughs> whose name was Bruce Lee, is Bruce Lee Jesus without the extra Christ. E. Bruce Lee, Jesus Christ, was written into the film as a cameo bit, even though the scene makes no sense in the context of the rest of the movie. And you know why it really doesn't make sense? Because don't you think if the campus had a kung fu fucking instructor who patrols the campus anyways at night wouldn't they just ask him to help out instead of fucking horny kendall and a volunteer tennis instructor <laughs> it's like hey by the way since you're making the rounds anyways bruce le you want to just bruce see le. if you if you see anything suspicious um, <laughs> so, awesome it's so great man it's it's moments um, like this that I think elevate the movie to another level. It's a higher um, plane of viewing at this point. Here's another um, scene in this little like snippet that we get that made me laugh out loud. Um, Kendall is across the street from where this is happening, and then all of a sudden shows up on a dirt bike that he has clearly never rode a dirt bike in his life before, mm-hmm. um, and he's behind her, and it's just the funniest fucking shit on trying to watch this actor who has again 
clearly never rode a dirt bike before in their life try to drive straight through like this outside like hallway <laughs> breezeway if you will fucking this movie's this movie's great thank you oh, the God. two ride yeah. off on kendall's dirt bike and the journalist who was snooping around before she sneaks out from behind a building little does she know that the killer too is lurking about this time around the killer opts for a knife which is kind of awesome because he stabs her to death on a waterbed yeah, it was so like half kill. stabbing and half drowning and then he impales the back of her head with a knife as the final yeah. blow as the blade sticks out of her mouth. That's the best fucking kill in the, in the movie, if you ask me. It's fucking awesome. He then takes her body back to his walk-in freezer. Now, I've got some, some bits and bobs for you on this one, too. The killing of the reporter was difficult to shoot because a real knife was used. I'll bet nobody got hurt. Juan was a little bit worried, but it was the editing and the post-production which made the scene so brutal. The actress couldn't take the scene at the premiere of the movie, and she left the auditorium when her death screen or death scene came on screen. Holy shit! Did um, I felt like when I watched it, when he makes the the stab through the head, um, the knife just bends all the way to the left like it's a plastic knife, and then they cut through, and it's like and fr- like through her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh wow, they just they didn't care at all. It just looks like a paper mache knife and it just goes like 180 to one. Can side. we just talk about how oddly shiny this knife is? It's like made out of fucking like mirror glass. Yeah. Mm. It's a cool scene. It's pretty yeah. awesome. I don't know why there's a waterbed though. Where'd that like it's the eighties, dude. That's the, the waterbed. That's the waterbed that all horny fuck at the very beginning of the movie. That's why mm-hmm. they started talking about waterbeds because she said someone in that little group was like, Oh, they put a waterbed in like the fucking whatever oh and then they were like oh yeah smoke weed and fuck on water beds and so that's the new water bed that turned into the greatest fucking kill of this goddamn Damn. Movie. yeah boston college was like students faculty we've heard you we as got president of the class of 1982 i have got the water bed oh man he's good one singular just one singular <laughs> water bed Kendall takes Mary home and tries to fuck her, but she ain't yeah, about that Don Quixote bullshit. Man. Leaves him at the door. Now, here's the thing about this scene. There actually was written in the original script a love interest between both Kendall and Mary Riggs. However, it's kind of implied. However, no. Uh, Linda DeGeorge was like, absolutely fucking not. Hmm. I am not doing this scene. I'm not doing this shit. And basically told the director, like, you need to write something else because I am not going to have a love interest with this kid. She's like, my character what? as an adult tennis instructor would not be having sex with a Oh, my student. God. So that's how. Yeah, she walks alone at night. Oh, my God. <clears throat> when he, that's when how he, that works. When Kendall drops off Mary at her house, though, and goes in for a kiss, and then the door closes, he turns around and his old nerdy fucking buddy just has a mask on standing behind yeah. her. And my whole thought process was, did this bitch not see this kid behind him? <laughs> yes, Dude, he's, he's right there. What I love too is when he takes the mask off, he looks at Kendall and he's like, he's like, oh, ladies met on campus. <laughs> 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 Fucking like, boom what? roasted and then runs it's away. Just, 
so stupid. Like this just, and he does. He fucking books ass. He fucking burns him and just runs off. Like good it's on so you. It's so funny because you know that that fucking kid is getting zero play, and Kendall's about to bag to a fucking night, and yeah. he's just waiting with like a fucking spirit Halloween, nineteen eighty spirit Halloween. I know it wasn't a fucking thing. Party City bullshit fucking werewolf mask and just yanks it off pussy you're not getting anything and just (laughs) so stupid uh it's so good it's so good so we now cut over back we're back on the tennis court and we have the girl that was playing against mary rig she's out there playing tennis and then some loud music blares over the speaker phones on everything playing some classical music or whatever which upsets the girl. So she heads back off to the locker room for some quick showering. Uh, this seems to be a ploy by the killer who obviously finds her. And she runs off topless but can't escape before both pissing her pants and getting chainsawed up. Yep. Um, That's a good kill. It's yeah, this, kill. Was, this, this is what I was alluding to at the beginning where I could see why other directors maybe have seen this movie because it has this awesome shot where he cuts through the door and then it falls open and it has that it has her just like terrified and it's it's just a great it's just like great layered mm-hmm. of cinema of like cinematography there and um, then and i feel he, like i've seen that movie i've seen i feel like i've seen that shot yeah. from like the shining that maybe they took it from or what have you mm-hmm. so the, in this particular scene he it's also a shot of him the killer chainsawing through her stomach yeah which oh yeah like that was burst good. open that shot was actually a pig carcass that they put real. on screen and actually chainsawed through a pig. All of the blood and guts that fall out—that's just from a legitimate pig. That's it was great. It was honestly, considering the last kill, we had an arm and a shirt to a pig carcass. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Now Kendall and Mary run into the gardener who acts all creepy and denies playing the music, but was also oh, hanging God. around the ladies' rocker room. So. I don't know. Maybe it's him. Yeah, and the, the gardener and Mary turn. <laughs> the gardener and Mary then go off and turn the music off. And when they come back, they find Kendall, who just found the dead body of the tennis girl. The bitch was literally sawed in half. All we see is half of her torso. Mm-hmm. Yonkers out. Guts everywhere. And this, once again, where is Kendall? At the scene of yeah. the fucking crime. Yeah, this is where I start getting a little sus on Kendall because I'm like, he's being like too, like I feel like maybe I'm just a giant bitch, but I feel like if I went in on somebody and he says like when he comes outside, he's like, oh my God, and like says the girl's name. I think her name is like Julie something, but he obviously knows her. And I feel like if you walk in on like a gruesome fucking murder like that, you're not just going to walk out and be like, oh, like, yeah, he was a little shaken up, but like, I don't know. I started getting a Linda little Day George then just has the moment where she screams the word animal like six times at the top of her lungs. And that not in the American and, version. What? No, 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 no. She screams. Um, bastard. She, yeah, bastard. And it's the audio so bad. It sounds like it sounds like. Anybody She's who blowing was ranting, the mic up. Yeah, it sounds like anybody who was like ranting on like YouTube 1.0 and it's yeah. just like Grrr! like everything's shaking in like the audio. Yeah. She's like so She screams in the American in the Spanish version, she screams animal, which is I think Bastal or something like that. I don't know. And it's just like Bastal! 
and it goes on for way too long and each time she does it it gets funnier and funnier and funnier and i love it so we cut to the detective now he's decided to help speed the process up of finding the killer that they'll have kindle help out by researching all of the staff members and interviews or whatever, because this kid's been in caught. This kid's been in this campus for five years. Normally people graduate in four. This guy's fucking van Wilder, which adds up because he's literally had sex with every single one of these women. And I think that's why they have him helping is because like, dude, you've boned all of them. So like, you know, more. So, Mary goes to investigate the residence of the dean and to ask him some questions. He makes them some coffee, but then adds a dash of a mysterious liquid into Mary's drink. She asks him some questions about Professor Brown, the resident fucking creep and sexual deity, apparently. Mm -hmm. And she tells him that if they don't find the killer fast, then everyone will be investigated. So the dean freaks out and puts more of the mysterious liquid in her drink. At the same time this is happening, Kendall and one of the detectives find something interesting about one of the staff members being investigated. Apparently, the dean's mom was dismembered when he was a child, and the two realize Mary is in some deep shit, so they head off into the night to find her. Now, back with Dean and Mary, he tells her that Professor Brown is gay, but it's cool because he hasn't broken any rules yet, so he ain't gonna fire him. Um, let me interrupt you really quick. When they put the fucking pieces of the puzzle together, ah, uh, uh, the detective and Kendall, um, Kendall's absolutely smashing yellow Wendy's. Yes, they are. They are fucking crushing some frost. Yellow Wendy's, dog. Yeah, eating so much Wendy's, dude. It's fucking awesome. I still yellow don't Wendy's. Not any Wendy's. Fucking yellow perfection Wendy's. I want. I just want to go back to the part that like they just decided to throw in that Professor Brown was gay, but the, yeah. the dean is yeah. like, it's well, it cool to- though because like I he hasn't broken any rules yet, so I can't fire him. Mm-hmm. It's like so but you were does- just you would fire him for being gay. You're you're not only just a bad person, but you're also just a really bad person. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's 1982 Boston. Just want to allegedly say that. <laughs> I mean, it's um, probably like 2023 Boston. Probably no, yeah. not at all, man. Come on. Um, but it it does clear up the fact why the professor is just kind of a weirdo when like all these girls are just so infatuated with him and he's just like, eh. yeah. He just has this creepy mustache and he's an anatomy professor. So you're like, okay, bones. And then you're like, all these girls like him. You're probably killing him. And it's like, no, I can't kill girls. I like dudes. It's true. That's basically uh, the out they gave him. Uh, it's true. Yeah, they did. <laughs> that was literally the exposition dump on why it wasn't the professor. Yeah. Still no answer was why it wasn't Dwayne the Gardener Johnson with his fucking twist stink eye. And yeah, it's just in, like face perma wink. Yeah, that guy should still be in prison. So Mary, she starts to get all loopy and then the Dean reveals that he has drugged her. And then he takes her shoes off and gets super sweaty about her feet. Yeah, he's like full-blown fetishing. And I really thought at that moment, I was like, Quentin Tarantino yeah feels this where's dan schneider this you know no hey no kink shaming if you're in the feet you're in the feet i don't understand it but it's fine i suppose just 
feet. Stinky, sweaty feet. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, the police and Kendall show up to the Dean's house right as he's about to kill Mary. They shoot the lock off the door and run inside and find Mary in a catatonic state. However, they can't find the Dean because he's standing behind some curtains. So they leave Kendall and Mary behind. Hold on. Here, I don't know if y'all picked up on this, but like Mary's like paralyzed. She can't talk, but she can like blink and mm. somehow move her head. And they're like, oh, Mary, we're so glad you're okay and we caught you. The whole time, because she obviously can't like verbalize her thoughts, but her fucking face is saying, don't care. And she's, she's using her eyes, lifting yeah. her head and looking towards the fucking curtains it was a nice touch is hiding it was a nice like, touch oh my god i'm so glad you're okay let's put your shoes back on come on you can walk come on come on and she's just like alarmingly like check behind the goddamn curtain and kindle's like no it's okay look at my cardigan you can walk again come on come on come on infuriating sure. but it was a i like the nice touch of her like using her eyes to like direct the audience to be like oh yes it is indeed him I like behind it. those curtains. Mm -hmm. So the Dean jumps out from behind the curtains and attacks Kendall. The two struggle on the ground for a little bit. And right as the Dean begins to get the upper hand, the detectives rush back in the room and shoot him right in the forehead, blowing his brains out all over the wall. Now, although it's revealed that the Dean is the killer in the film, Edmund, the actor who plays the Dean didn't play the shadow character. It was a double who dressed in the killer's costume. The hands were actually of the directors who stated he used to do insert shots like this because it was easier than wasting time in explanations to another character. I got that. So basically like it, the, the way it read and after doing a little bit more research, it looked like the, the big reveal on who the killer was kind of had changed a few times. And so the reason why that they did set it up like that was because it was like they if they use this random person, they could just easily try to explain it could be anyone else at any given point. So if they did yeah. change the ending and change who the actual killer was, they didn't have to reshoot anything else. And it also explains on why a lot of the film just lacks any sort of context on how any of this shit occurs at any given point. So, yeah, <clears throat> there you have it. And they search through the Dean's apartment and after accidentally knocking a shelf around because apparently the Dean has a trick shelf. Oh, boy. A piece-together Frankenstein girl falls out of the shelf and onto Kindle. Very Scooby-Doo. The body looks cool, though. Like, the yeah. little tiny, like, snippet that we see, I'm like, I wish I would have gotten a full shot, hmm. because Loki, I was hoping he'd finish this puzzle the whole time, because I want to see what it looks like. So the Dean, it is explained, has sewed all of the body parts together to complete a puzzle. Mary was the last one. Presumably it was Mary's feet that he was taking and was going to sew her feet onto. that. And then the body is dressed up in the bloody, the bloody gown from his mother and it was going to be wearing the shoes as well. And so he's created his puzzle, right? And Mary was supposed to be the last victim of that. Now, right before the detective and Kendall leave, they walk over and stand over the Frankenstein body. And the detective looks at Kendall and says, you have helped avenge these girls. And right at that moment, a hand shoots up from the body, grabs Kendall's dick, ripping his crotch open with blood shooting everywhere. 
roll credits. Wild ending. That's the film, guys. The ending saved it. Fucking infuriating. That ending yeah. always gets me every time because I always forget this happens. And then I'll watch him like, what? I do, there's no explanation. He he made a Frank, like he, this Dean made a Frankenstein, somehow brought it back to life. And it rips Kendall's dick off, which I think is very important because I'm pretty sure this whole movie is about the fears of getting an STD. And with the amount of fucking that Kendall has done this whole time, he got his last one. His dick ripped right off. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of the film. No one has any thoughts on the, the ending? Outside of course of I do. I'm, I'm waiting for you to ask me, Mike, what are your thoughts now? And then I say, Damn, oh, you, want the, you want the full shebang. Well, I'm sorry. I can't do that because that brings us to the next segment of the show. Mm-hmm. And that is Liz McLean's Tit for Tat. It's time the episode where we bring Liz on to talk about all the nudity that's found in this movie. Liz, take it away. Um, today's Tit for Tat count on the 1982 film, I almost said classic, but uh, is nine. Nine tits? Nine tits. That's in- that includes the puzzle. I think that's fair. Nine tits and a dick. We get a dick, full dick, and we get full mm-hmm. bush. We get full Shell frontal bush. Tons of them. Too. Yep, eighty full eighties bush, and we know how I feel about eighties bush. Yeah, a couple um, eighties bushes. Yeah, you, it was. You really lucked out this episode. I really did. Um, in that aspect, in any other mm-hmm. aspect, not so sure. Sure. Um. Yeah, high tit for tat count, and if I do say so myself, higher than zombie strippers. It's true. It's true. I think this is a pretty good showing. And, and you know what? We knocked yeah. off We knocked off both of those checklist items you had for me. Mm-hmm. And with that being done and Liz's segment out of the way, why don't we move on to the end of the show where we bring to you the last segment, Save It or Can It? So this point where we give our final evaluation as to what we think about the film and whether or not we should save this film or we should can this film. Mike, I'm going to start with you. Give us your final closing thoughts and whether or not this film should be saved or should be canned. The fact that Liz brought up that he's fucking British is blowing my mind because he's very much just a Boston kid in the 40s. And then he kills his mother tragically. I mean, brutally, by the way, just finds an accident. Uh, She was a bitch. She was a bitch, but just brutally kills her. And then he just grows up and becomes wildly successful becomes a dean of a college we'll just say boston college doesn't kill anybody for 40 years apparently and develops a british accent and then in 1982 he lets fucking loose with a chainsaw Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes he um remember that shattered mirror is what set him off apparently Mm -hmm. well we were we were not which i guess like if you think about it it would be really difficult to try to ex- like you would have had to have thrown in like an explanation piece, which we kind of discovered that the reason that wasn't was because like they kept changing up who the killer was going to be. Yeah. So by them like cutting some like, you know, cutting it short or trying to skip around having to shoot extra scenes, they could have done a better job explaining like why he was triggered and then it's brought motivation. back that initial mirror shattering in the first place and then like brought it in, but they didn't. So 
maybe if they had like because Mary kind of looked like his mother as an actress, she triggered him, and then he wants to kill all these people to have her as the final headdress of the mm. pieces for his old mother. I don't know. Call I mean, me it would work. It would work. Unfortunately, that's just on just not the case. The the head has already been sewn on to the body. You're right. So yeah, got a head. He was looking at her feet. Apparently, her, she had some big old nice like women's. Well, knives. here's here's. Yep. I don't know if Stinky y'all feet. caught this or not, but he got the feet from the tennis player, and he was trying to put the shoes on, mm-hmm. and they kept falling off. So they like Pest. her feet weren't the right size. Oh, okay. For the, for yes, that's shoes. why. He needed her. So I think that's why he needed Mary's feet. There yep. we go. All right. Hell yeah. Well, there we go. Because as we address, Mary's got big old stinking women's nines, big old smelly, sweaty feet. Hey, chill out, dog. Tennis. I wear a 10. You wear a women's 10, Liz? What the <laughs> fuck? Dude. Dude. I'm five foot 10. What do you right. mean? She if got, she got the dog in her. She got yeah. the dog in her. And, and apparently, Liz, had you, dog Liz don't look now. Quentin Tarantino's standing right behind you, sniffing. I'm about to put him up. Liz, 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 Liz. Liz. Um, Oh, no, we didn't answer. Mike, you didn't finish. No, I didn't. brother. Yeah. um, I'm going to save it because this was a fun talk. And the fact that this motherfucker was British at the end, I just think it's so funny. (laughs) No, at the beginning, too. I mean, oh, my gosh, the movie pissed me off. But um, yeah, we'll save it. I'll save it. because honestly, it has way too high of a score for all these movies. So let's let's do it. <laughs> Fucking amazing, Liz, 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 yes. Liz. I can't. I'm just. I think I know how this is gonna go, and I'm really bummed. If I don't this think does. you do. Okay, then uh, throw it out, Liz. Final thoughts. So, Save your can. Um, I am going to admit something for the first time. I was mistaken on something, and I'm wrong. All right. I thought we were 30 years, not 40. I thought we were 30. And that's why I was so goddamn mad because I was like, it makes zero fucking sense for it to be the Dean, right? Dude's like nine to 12 when he kills his mom, then we jump 30 years. So he's like 40 Mm -hmm. ish, 40 ish. And dude, the guy that plays him is like 60. Ain't no fucking way timelines are matching up. And it was pissing me off. It made zero sense. I was fucking angry last night. And then when we started the episode and you said we cut 40 years, I was like. Mm. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, it does line it, way more up. It does line way more up. And that was my, that was what was pissing me off last night is because I was like, they just said, we're going to put a timeline in here, but have it make zero goddamn sense figure it the fuck out this is what we're doing shut up so i was really pissed about that um but now that i have learned that i am wrong my thoughts have changed (laughs) all right all right all right let's hear it because i was fucking infuriated last night i even sent it in our group text where i was like i have never been so goddamn angry at a movie before um because to me like time like timeline shit like that is so fucking easy to do and i felt like it was just an afterthought but the whole time i was wrong so whatever um we are one off from a double digit tit for tat count but we did get 80s bush and half torque dick so that's a fucking w in my book saving it 
Hell yeah, brother. Uh, yeah, so it brings it to me. I, I think you guys and everyone knows at this point. I, I love this movie. I think it's so funny. It is so fucking weird. Uh, the movie is just absolutely, it is one of the goriest films I think we've covered so far on this outside of maybe like Planet Terror. But like, if we're talking like traditional 80s trash cinema, which is like predominantly what we do, this is the goriest film I think we've covered. Even, it even makes like My Bloody Valentine, the uncut version, look tame in comparison. The inclusion of like real animal organs and animal blood is a nice touch that I think no one ever does anymore. And honestly, I, I legitimately think this film Wonder is a why. walking, the film is a walking lawsuit if it would try to be made exactly like it was, especially yes. the scene with the real knife is like horrifying to think that that is something that happened. Um, this is, look, it, the movie makes no sense in a lot of different ways, but it, there's a charm to it that like I really appreciate and like I really just kind of love how goofy it can be and apparently that same sentiment carried over from the 80s because a lot of stories are people went and saw this movie in theaters and just like laughed the whole time because of how goofy it was um and so like it really does i think it carries and i think this is like a great example of like what trash cinema is and so for that i am indeed saving it as well which brings it together as a unified three-person save for the film which i think this is the first time we've had that in a long time so mm-hmm. i'd love to say it and guess what brings us to the end of the episode and if you've enjoyed it we please rate review and share the hell out of it with your friends loved ones and worst of enemies honestly word of mouth is key here we aren't beggars also uh fuckies if you're interested in video games check out our sister podcast the spotlight games podcast on all of your favorite streaming services we also stream live every tuesday on twitch at 8 p.m eastern so join us live there and uh, the boys, Jeremiah and Patrick, are currently covering the latest season of Secession over at Spotlight TV, which is also streaming everywhere. So go check that out. Um, and if you like shitty television shows aimed at people who think Othello is fine as an all-white ensemble cast, then guess what? Secession might be the show for you. In the meantime, you can follow me at the Dumpster Boy, Mike. Where can they follow you and what are you up to? Yeah, you can follow me at 30 Seconds to Mike on TikTok, where I just review movies in 30 seconds or less, guarantee. Um, I just reviewed the movie no Burnt. Way. Yep, I reviewed the movie That's Burnt tedious. on Netflix uh, the other day, and it fucking sucks. That movie is terrible, and apparently there are Burnt stands that got all up in my mentions that are upset and triggered, so that's awesome. I'm going to do more of that. If you like a movie, I'm here to bring it down, um, and if you hate a movie, I'm here to rise it up. So, <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Now, Liz, you are a Twitch streamer and all around bona fide weirdo. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you and what you're up to? Um, you can find me on Instagram at McLean with a 2014. I stream right now. I really haven't been streaming on Thursdays. Um, so we'll just call it Monday night for now. By the time this episode goes out. So on Monday night, 8 p.m. So today, if you're listening on Monday, um, Oh my god, the episodes go down on Tuesday. Wow, I'm bald. You Never are. Mind. Well, there will be a VOD on my channel t- um, the day you're listening to this um, of me playing um, a scary game for the first time. What are you playing? Can you tell us? Yeah, I'm playing a game called Forewarned. Um, oh, it's oh. where I'm playing with a couple pals. Um, it's where you go through like Egyptian tombs and you have to like figure out what kind of like ghost or spirit is like haunting the pier like the tomb oh that's interesting I dig and that. i'm gonna fucking 
scream and piss my pants. I love it. Well, I can't wait to check that out. <laughs> oh, that's twitch.tv slash McLean with the 2014. My bad. Thank you. I'm glad I was about to ask. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, go check out 30 Seconds to Mike and watch all of his uh, videos that he has posted and go check out McLean with it um, when she streams some stuff and pisses her pants and does all that great things because Live. these people are awesome. So go support them. You can follow our sister podcast at Spot Games Pod on Twitter and Spotlight Games Pod on Instagram. And like I said before, you can follow STC at Save Trash Cinema on all socials. Remember, find Big Box Office, Save Trash Cinema.